Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to episode 21 of the Craft to Career Podcast. This week we have Melanie of Southern Charm Quilts on the podcast, and I am so thrilled to have her. I didn't even know when we scheduled to have this podcast interview how many exciting things were going on with Melanie and her business. You will find out what I discover on the podcast today as you listen. And before we jump in, I want to share this week's review that comes from at Megan M. Me. And she says, actionable advice. I love this podcast for the insights and actionable advice. So many times a business or marketing podcast will leave me with a sense of, I should try to do X, but then I realize I still have no idea where or how to start even after listening to the entire thing. Craft a career always leaves me with something to actually do and experts to follow up with for even more. Love this show, especially the coaching calls. So thank you so much. Oh, it's tinyorchidquilts.com. So thank you so much, Megan, for that review. And I will probably open up for more business coaching calls in the future. So stay tuned for that. And just so you know, in a couple of days, starting September 7th, Tuesday, September 7th, the Quilt Pattern Writing course will be open for registration. It's only open once a week for about a week. It's open until September 12th. And this is where I share everything I know about writing and selling quilt patterns. And I teach all the things you can take and leave some. Some talks about Adobe Illustrator. You can use Canva, how to do quilt math, the legal aspects. So I share everything. I hold nothing back. So be sure to visit www.quilterscandy.com and look under courses if this is something that you are interested in. And now let's jump in. I'm so excited for you to meet Melanie. Melanie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. You are someone whose style I've like admired and loved. And for those who didn't know the Dresden challenge, like clearly I I love your style. I love all that you do. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I would love for our listeners to kind of hear your story of how you got into quilting and how that turned into a business for you. Um, so I learned how to sew in middle school, home ec, and but I didn't touch it again until I was like 26. And I just started sewing things for the house and then the fabric cost money. <laughs> so, I, so I thought, well, let me just start selling the stuff I make. And then that's when Etsy had, Etsy was brand new. It was like three years old. This is like 08. And then, so I started just listing this purse or this little pillow or something like that. And they did okay. You know, nothing, nothing great. It did give me fabric money. And Mm -hmm. then, and then I thought, well, let me, let me try a quilt because every time I would look up sewing patterns, patchwork would pop up and I was just enamored. So, um, yeah, so I, so I made a quilt. It was probably horrible, but in my mind, it was the most beautiful quilt in all the world. Um, but anyway, I thought, well, I'll pop that in the shop. It sold. And so I popped another one in the shop, and it sold, and it just kept on doing happening. So I was a realtor during that time, 
And I don't know if you remember, but that was a really bad market for houses. And mm-hmm. I was making just nothing. I was making nothing. So it didn't take a lot for uh, the quilt and purses and whatever else I chose to put in the shop to equal that realtor pay. It was just so low. So it, it made more money than being a realtor. So it was just an easy switch. Wow. Okay. So when you first started selling quilts, were you selling them, you know, quilts aren't cheap, reselling them at an expensive price or was it like, I'm just going to list it kind of cheap and see if someone buys it. They were cheap, but they probably were were not very good, (laughs) (laughs) but, but they were really cheap. And, um, I slowly just started raising the prices of them. And then Mm -hmm. when I, when I, when I became, a little bit busier than I would raise the price. The price is just, the price has got really high, but, and you know, they, a lot, you'll hear a lot of people tell stories about how making quilts for other people is soul crushing. And it is, <laughs> it is, <laughs> but, um, it took a long time for it to do that because I started making money that, uh, I never expected to make because I'm a college dropout. So it was not in the cards for me to make that kind of income. And I, and it started happening. So, Okay, so first of all, I love this because I think a lot of times, I don't know if it's society or whatever, but we think like you have to have this degree in order to go down this path or earn X amount of dollars. And that's just not the case. Like we entrepreneurs know that that's just not the case. So I love that. I didn't know you were a college dropout. Is that what you said? College yeah, dropout? College dropout. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I'm surprised. So you started earning, like, it sounds like a pretty good amount of money from selling actual, like, time for dollars quilts, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I was. And and most of the quilts I was selling were like rag quilts. So they were pretty easy to make. And I had my kids, I paid them to do little jobs and we got it done. It was fun. Okay. It was a lot of fun in the beginning and it, and it really changed my life. And, um, no, yeah, I'm grateful for it, but it really did be- come to a place where I, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And there was also a mo- there was also a moment, like let's say I want to say like six years in, so around 2014, 2015, Etsy kind of exploded and became just full of stuff. So I was no longer one of you know 50 quilters making quilts. Then I was like one of thousands, and it just kind of pulled the rug out under my feet. And my income cut in half, then it cut in half again, and then it just cut in half again until I was like, you know, I have to do something else. I have to pivot. And that's what I did. Yep. Which, okay, as I, because I, you know, I started my business in what, 2015? So I'm new-ish, but I, everyone who's been in a business for a long time, I hear this, that things change all of a sudden an algorithm changes or it's, you know, the platform changes and some people are like, well, that's it. That's detrimental. But if you have the ability to pivot, to look and say like, okay, that's fine. This is different. What can I tweak and do differently? We can stand back up on our feet and be just fine. But I'm curious, like what part of it was soul crushing for you? Cause you loved it at first. So what changed? Um, I guess the monotony. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was just the same thing over and over. Um, and, and quilting is my hobby. I love quilting. And I want to make the quilt I want to make and the fabrics I want to make it. And I want to choose everything. <laughs> I don't yep. want to be told what to do. I don't want to be a deadline. I don't want people fussing at me because their order didn't come in time. There's just so many things that were 
um, not working out. Um, but yeah. you know, I still I still dabble with it because it's nice to get this huge chunk of income or a huge chunk of you know a little money so that I can you know fill in from gaps on other income streams. Yeah, I've actually never sold one of my quilts. So this has me thinking, like, hmm, maybe I will sell one. We'll see. <laughs> Where are we going to put all these quilts? Like, I, I make quilts all the time. Where am I going to put them all? I had someone ask, what do you do with all those quilts? I'm like, you don't want to know. Like, every little <laughs> nook and cranny. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, your style is lovely. And I'm biased because I feel like our styles are somewhat similar. But, um did you always have that style has evolved? Like how did you narrow down your look? Um, definitely was, you know, a journey because when I first started quilting, I just picked a fabric that I thought was pretty and colors didn't matter. Style didn't matter. Nothing mattered. This fabric is pretty. I'm going to use it. But over time, um, I started realizing that there was just certain quilts that I liked more and it was because I was using a certain color palette. And then I just started exploring color palettes. And um, and, and it just kind of, it just became my own style. So, yeah. If you had to describe your style, both the colors and just like the look and feel of it, how would you describe it? Well, I like everything to be a little scrappy looking. So I like to use a lot of fabrics. I like um, my color palettes to be kind of, earthy or desert I always call them deserty muddy prints mm. um so and, and and I will veer off from this color these color palette like throw in this color over here sometimes but the base color is almost always peach peach mm-hmm. is my favorite color so peach is in almost every single one of my quilts I love it and I can see the listeners won't see but you've got a wall of fabric behind you yeah that was one of my, my pivoting so I you know have a fabric shop now Okay. Which is a fun story about how that came to be, if you want to hear that. Yes, please do tell. All right. So when I was looking for other ways of earning money, so the goal is to make quilts every day. That's that's the goal. And anything I got to do to be able to do that, I'm willing to try. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Okay. So I started, um, since I had more time on my hands, I started um, blogging more. And I would write posts about every single quilt I would make. And then I would get questions about them, about fabric and stuff. So I started linking to all the fabric that I used in the quilt. So if I used it in a quilt, it was linked. I still do that today, by the way. But it it takes a lot of time. So I started dabbling into affiliate links. So if I I linked to a fabric, it would be to a shop that would give me, you know, four cents on the dollar. So, which is nothing. It was money. Mm -hmm. You know, it just was, it's never going to be a large amount of money, earning money that way. But what it did give me was like a measuring stick to know how many people and how much they were spending at the fabric shops I linked to. And then it just became like a siren went off in my head. Hello, mm-hmm. <laughs> you should have a fabric shop. So that's how that came about. I love it. Like that excites me that w- was it interesting for you to see the numbers of like, okay, this one is doing way better than this one. Yeah. Yeah. And which, like, which ones did better? If you were to look back and kind of summarize, like, well, these colors did better or this pattern did better. Are there things that you can see? It, it didn't really um, tell you, like, which fabric they were buying. It just tells you they're buying uh, fabric. Okay. So, so I just knew that people were taking my recommendations. 
And that yep. was just, it was what I needed. And it was, it was, it was exactly the place I needed to pivot to because the fabric shop has really just saved me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Tell me more. How has it saved you? Um, it, it just, it, it allowed me to cut back or, or not cut back because the, the, the quilting side of my business where I made quilts for people, I was able to stop doing that. That, that did come back a little bit. But mm-hmm. I was able to, like, I'm in control of it. So not going to make this quilt for you. Not going to make this quilt for you. And I have, a, like, a limited amount of quilts I can make for people. And also have, and also be building up the fabric shop. So one day, I can just completely move to the fabric side of my business and stop making quilts. Okay. So your dream, then, is to eventually get to a point where you're not making quilts for anyone. You're doing a full-time fabric online fabric shop, right? Not like a store that people pop into. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's online. And, um, well, I'm pretty much, I'm not, I'm not taking orders anymore for quilts. So we're pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, ready to go. I've just got to fill some orders that I still have left hanging over my head. Um, okay. But, yeah. How do you manage the time? So, okay. I have so many things I like want to ask and chat about one. Okay. You mentioned this to me. Your husband was able to quit his job and is now supporting this business. Is that right? Yeah. So about a year into the fabric shop, I was really, really busy. Um, But I was, I mean, I was handling it, but it was, it was constant. And um, he, it wasn't really at a place for me to bring him on, honestly, but he was in a job that was soul crushing for him. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, let's just take this risk. And if if worse come to be, he goes back and gets another job. So that's what we did. And it, and it did work out because he was, he, he could cut the fabric and I could focus on quilt patterns and, you know, marketing, stuff like that. And, and continued making quilts, you know, for samples for patterns. That's spent a lot of time doing that. Yeah. Cause it does take time. Do you have anyone else? Is it just you and your husband or do you have other employees? No, just me and my husband. Okay. That'll be around the corner. There'll <laughs> be some more people. <laughs> so this is exciting. So when you buy fabrics wholesale, is there like one particular company that you generally buy from? Or do you, because you like scrappy, do you try and do like a big variety of companies? Yeah, I think we started out, uh, Art Gallery was a really easy company. There was no minimum. It was just easy to do. So we started out with Art Gallery. And then uh, Moda was a pretty big deal because they didn't just let anybody buy their fabric. Well, we had to jump through hoops. Um, so we did that. You had you had a minimum, but you were allowed to like space it out. So I could order pre-orders for June, pre-orders for April, and it, we're in the year before. So it it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's interesting. Back when I was doing the subscription boxes, like opening up wholesale accounts with different companies, like mm-hmm. some would have a rep. I think Moda. Do they still have a rep where you yeah, have to they meet have with a rep. them? And yeah. Yeah, 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 it's very interesting how each company is very different. So shout out to our gallery fabrics for the ease of yeah, being making able it to easy. just buy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is pretty major. You have a book that's coming out, which I just purchased. I'm so excited oh, to get it. And can you tell me, tell us, the listeners, like when when did you start working on this? I I have so many questions. So just jump in and start talking, and I'm going to keep throwing out questions about the book. <laughs> Okay, the book. Okay, so this is how the book started. So last year, 2020, I wrote a quilt pattern called Anthology, um, which is, it ended up being a really bestseller in my shop. Um, but it, it was a sampler quilt. So it has a bunch of different blocks going on. And there was two blocks in the sampler that I was just 
I loved, I loved them, I loved them. And I knew when I made them that first time that I wanted to have a whole quilt of them. So in the back of my head, when I'm done with this next year, I'm going to write quilt patterns for these two blocks. The whole, all, just, you know, just repeat the block over and over and over in each of the patterns. But because I had already released them in the other quilt pattern, I felt like I should probably combine them into one pattern, like a two for one. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time that was going on, I had just had a flurry of inspiration and wrote or designed, not really wrote, designed a whole bunch of patterns. And then I thought, well, I got all these patterns. Why not write a book? <laughs> I love it. So that's how it, that's how it happened. So when you got inspiration, well, where do you sketch out? Do you draw by hand? Do you do EQA, Illustrator? How do you like design your quilt tops? Illustrator. I just use Illustrator, nothing else. Um, sometimes I'll just play with shapes in Illustrator. And then sometimes mm -hmm. I'll have just an idea in my head. A lot of times I will like see a vintage quilt and I'll try to recreate a block or, or, or refresh it. Um, so I do that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it always starts with Illustrator. Okay. How did you learn Illustrator? <sighs> Trial <laughs> and error. Oh my God. That, that program is massive. Uh, yes, but, it is. <laughs> but it's really, really great for building quilt blocks and building quilts. Um, I, I know I should probably swap to InDesign for the patterns and stuff, but I still use Illustrator for like beginning to end. Yeah, it works. Like I just barely switched to InDesign. It's just, but Adobe Illustrator works. So stick with it. You know, you got to yeah. go on. So yeah, I don't want to learn another program. <laughs> uh -uh. I will say though, once you know any Adobe thing, like there, it translates. As, yes. Yeah. So with the book, tell us, are, are you self-publishing? Do you have like a company you're going through? I'm self-publishing. I, I don't think I even thought to seek out a publisher. I knew from the very beginning I was going to self-publish because I don't know if you've seen any of my quilt patterns, but they're, they're not, um, well, most of them are not those little small quilt patterns. They're already little booklets. So they're eight mm -hmm. and a half by 11 booklets. So I thought I could just change the way those are bound and change the paper quality. And my print, my usual printer who does my paper patterns can also print the book for me. I was a little nervous about it, but I thought worth a try. So, um, so that's what I did. I just changed the binding on the booklet and thickened up all the paper. And it, it's awesome. actually, I can it's, see it. It's, this, it doesn't have a cover yet, but, okay, but, let's but see. it's like, it's like wire bound. It's like really thick paper. It's, I was so impressed Yay. with the quality. Um, yeah, I'm really excited because this was something that was nerve wracking, was worried about uh, it not coming out. Right. <laughs> well, and I've seen your, so you've done a pattern for my membership and then, um, a tutorial as well for the Dresden blocks. And I really like, I, I, your book will be the first like official, well, book of yours, but, um, but pattern, you know, and I like that the layout is, it's not traditional. Like it's very creative and artsy. It was that intentional, like, <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't think I realized that. <laughs> <laughs> is this news to you? <laughs> this is news to me. Okay. Um, but no, I did spend a lot of time um, making it look readable. Um, I think in the very, it's hard to remember because it was so long ago, but in the very early days, I did buy quilt patterns and I struggled with them. Mm -hmm. So in the back of my head, I've always tried to make things, you know, 
a dummy could understand how to do this. That's the way I think about it. Like, I, I want them to not have to answer, ask me any questions. Like, you'll know how to do it. And, okay, the also the patterns that I've gotten from you, they're PDFs, and they have links to these amazing video tutorials. And I, I know people who are like, I've learned to quilt from Melanie and her video tutorials. Aww. So do you have links in your book to video tutorials? And if so, is it like a bitly or how do you do that if you do? No, I can't. Um, I can't do the book PDF because it's just right. It, it ended up being like five gigabytes. So there was just no way to sell it as a PDF, even though I really wanted to. So it doesn't have any links. I think I typed out a link. The same mm-hmm. way I do my paper patterns. Um, the bind, There's a binding tutorial in there, and it's just so hard to tell it with pictures and words. So I thought, well, let me just yep. throw this link in so that they'll have an option for that. But it's typed out where you would have to, you know, type it into your browser. Yeah. Well, I cannot wait to see the book. So when when is it available? When can people get it? Uh, they should start arriving to me in a week, and I will start shipping out. But I've pre-sold this thing since June, so it'll take me a while to get it out. It officially releases um, on September 1st. Okay. So when when will my book arrive? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it out as soon as I get the first shipment. I, I'm actually I'm doing this a little bit different than I'm doing patterns because the book costs so much more to print than a pattern, obviously, but um, it it's it was a scary amounts to purchase from a printer. And I've had a few times where they sent back my paper patterns and they've just been colors been off. And it just, I think I'm a little bit of a control freak on how things look. <laughs> like it has to look how I want it in my head. So, um, so I'm, so I'm going to like order them in batches. So I'm not going to order everything I need. I'm going to, and since I have it ready to go now, I think that's okay because some people are going to get it two weeks early before it actually comes out. Yeah. Um, Well, we'll keep an eye out. It's called A Life with Quilts. Is that right? A Life with Quilts. So speaking of, I love your photos. You have like, tell me if this, it's got to be, if it's intentional. You have these backdrops that you use repeatedly. And one, I'm picturing like, oh, a crocheted quilt. Yeah. Is it crocheted? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, crocheted. Um, So, um, my house, my house. I have port, covered porches on the front of my house and the back of my house, which is lovely. But mm-hmm. it means that the inside of my house is not very light and bright. So I have to go to these porches to take pictures, you know, any decent picture. So all of my pictures are taken on my front porch most of the time. And I'll just take, I'll just, I have all these pillows and blankets. I have a very cozy porch. I'll just throw a crochet afghan out there and you know it looks pretty it does it does (laughs) so is that like a thing now for you like well this is one of my staple or is it I mean is it intentional or is it just it's just it just changes up the background you know so it's so my porch is wood so it's not all wood so sometimes sometimes I'll just put the, the the little crochet blanket up under there and you know it'll just change up the background just a little bit but yeah I guess it is intentional because there's like two blankets out there and I just I constantly am using those two you'll have to do like a shot of your front porch because now I'm really intrigued it's a super cozy front porch I need to see like a full frontal um because I I've seen little you've got a chair a swing out there am I right yeah, I got two swings. One, it's it's one of those long. They call them in the south. They call them cracker barrel porches. So there's two swings on both porches. But I have a I have a highlight saved on my Instagram called Porch Life, where ah. I just show all the little porch. But it's a really long. It's the entire length of my house, 
and it has it's I've got it way too full of plants furniture <laughs> it's, it's a little bit much but I will be checking out this highlight and okay other things that I think of when I think of your account the cinnamon tea that you introduced me to I love cinnamon tea. I drink <laughs> cinnamon tea probably probably five to eight cups of cinnamon tea a day. I'm, a, I'm totally addicted to it. And I don't want any other tea. I want cinnamon tea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love a good beverage that just, I look forward to it. And my husband thinks it's so, it's sweet and endearing. I'm like, wait, what? Doesn't everybody love like a nice beverage that tastes good? You know, throughout the day, I am constantly drinking something. So... Mm. It's, I find it relaxing. Dinner. It's relaxing. It smells nice. It calms my nerves down. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then I also picture your toes. Like, I think, <laughs> think I can recognize your toes in a lineup because <laughs> they're in your photos and they're so cute. But anyways, you do all this to say you do a very good job with your photos. They're very on brand. They're recognizable. You do a very good job with that. Thank you. So with self-publishing, how, when did you start writing all, how long has this whole book project taken you? Um, I guess not long really. So I started the quilt patterns in February. I wrote all the quilt patterns first while I wrote them. I filled in, I, no, I made a list of all the, I keep calling them essays, but that's probably not the right word for them. But they're, most of them are like my process for doing everything. So how I choose fabric, um, how I bind a quilt, what I think about scrappy. Most of the essays are those. So I made a list of those while I wrote the quilt patterns. And then when I was done writing the quilt patterns, I started writing the essays. Then I wrote, when I had both done, I just started feeling putting it together, like making it, this gonna, this is going to go here, this will go after this, because it has this, there's something about this quilt pattern that this essay will fit, so I, that's, what, that's the way I put it together. And then we started testing in May, and then it's taken till now to get all the patterns tested. That's what took so long. I really underestimated how long I needed to give the testers, because they need at least, you know, three weeks. They've got a lot. Well, at least, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that is incredibly fast. So from February and just for the listeners listening, this is now August. So February, March, April, May, June, July, six months to write it a book. That's poured it. out. It poured out. So you know when you're on the right path if something is pouring out of you. This is true. That is true. That's actually beautifully said. So six months, how many patterns are in the book? Five quilt patterns. Um, they're all one size. That made it a little bit easier for me. So they're all one size. They're decent size, so they're throw to the biggest one is a twin. I think it's 74 to 96. That's the biggest one, but the smallest size is 60 inches square, which is my favorite size quilt. Um, but so, yeah, they're all beginner friendly. You don't need anything but your fabric, so you don't need any tools and rulers, nothing like that. You're ready to go. Hmm. And I think the most, all of them are pretty basic. Ex- the, well, they're all pretty basic. The hardest one, which is not hard, but the hardest one has flying geese in it. That's it. So a beginner okay. can handle all of these. Yeah. I seriously am so excited. Do you think you'll do a quilt along for one of them or something? I don't know. Yeah, that's the plan is uh, 2022. I'm going to work through the book and then do quilt alongs for each of them. And that's how I'm going to spend 2022. Nice. So what does the future of Southern Charm Quilts look like? What are Do you have dreams or big visions of what's going to happen and what's going to come? Um, 
I do. Did you see my announcement on Instagram? No, no. Okay. So I've designed a fabric line. What? Yes. Okay, tell me more. I'm so absolutely just crazy excited. Like, my hands are shaking. I'm so excited. But here's the thing. I'm not going to be with a company. I like doing it by myself. I am digging this. I like this about you a lot. So tell me more. I know I haven't seen this. So tell me everything. Okay. Um, All right. So last November, so 2020 November, um, I was just feeling stressed. And I get like that sometimes. And I had saw something pop up. I don't know if it was YouTube or Instagram, but this girl was showing how to use her iPad in drawing. Um, I think it was Tila Tuesday. Her, her business is Tila Tuesday, I think. And so I downloaded the Procreate app on my iPad. I bought myself a pencil and I thought, well, I'm, this is how I'm going to de-stress. And I just started drawing. By spring, I had all these little drawings and I had already, I already knew how to use Adobe Illustrator to put them into repeats. So I just started mm-hmm. playing. This was just pure playtime. And I just kept playing with it. And it looks really cute. I thought, this is so cute. Of course, in the back of my head, I'm, I'm constantly fighting that voice that says, it's only cute because you made it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so then I started seeing, you know what? I'm a quilter. Who makes more quilts than me? I am constantly making quilts. I know what I want in a fabric line. I can do this. So I started putting out fillers to fabric manufacturers. And one of them I really thought was going to happen, but it didn't happen. Really? And they, were like, they were just like, I'm so sorry, but no. Um, and I was just like, 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 it just felt like brokenhearted. Yeah. But then I thought, you know what? I have a fabric shop. I can sell fabric. And that um, early 20, no, early this year, Paintbrush Studios had sent out this email to all their um, all their clients that they can print custom fabric, and their website mm. just shows like very basic um, with with like logos and stuff of people's like for quilt alongs or something like that. But when I when I emailed them about it, they said, "Yeah, we can do a whole fabric line for you." So I thought, okay, well, let me get some samples. Let's see what let's see what happens, and we got them in yesterday. And um, anyway, so that's that picture I posted. Okay. I, you know what? I'm just going to pull up Instagram right now. Cause so you posted a picture of the fabric. That's what I'm dying well, to see. I posted a picture of the, the designs oh. that I, that I printed out from my um, printer a, a month or so ago. So that's the picture I posted, but the fabric is in, I do have to get it photographed today, but it should Okay. Pop this up in is the stunning. I love it. I'm looking, I'm going to put a picture of this on the show notes so that people can see. I'm shocked that no company. So would you down the road, if a fabric company were to say, yeah, let's bring you on, would you work with someone? Maybe because right now, nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody's telling me I need to change this. Nobody's giving me a deadline. It's just constantly my schedule, what I want. Now I'm sure they would have a lot of advice to give me and tips like that, but I don't know because this was so easy. I mean, and it looks it looks good. The fabric the fabric quality is exactly what we think of. You know, we want as quilters. It's not you know. It, there's nothing wrong with it. It's it's got a sheen to it. It's pretty cotton, um, and I I did it by myself. So I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, there is some liberty in like 
being able to do what you want on your timetable, not having someone say, you need to change this. We need it. You know, it's exactly what you want. If I start thinking about financial benefits, it might be better to go with another company because I'm never, it's never going to be huge since it's going to be only at my fabric shop. You'll have to come to my fabric shop to get it. You know, people who haven't heard of my fabric shop. So that's something I'm going back in my head with, but you know, they said no. So Right. True. Well, and maybe if this does well enough, I mean, the ideal would be to get to a point where you can be like, no, this is how I want my fabric to look, take it or leave it. Like that would be the ideal, you know, but plus I'm making a hundred percent of the profit on my own. Yep. I think fabric designers only make 5%. So there's, I I don't remember. Yeah. I know I took Bonnie Christine's course on, um, surface pattern design and she talked about that, but I don't remember what what the percentage is, but yeah, you, I mean, and then that's that playing of, well, it would get into more stores, into more yeah. people's hands, yeah. but it's a lot to think about. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm so excited about this. All right. Oh my gosh. You're onto some really exciting things here. I'm excited. Yeah. If you were to look back at your quilting journey, your quilting career, what would you say are some pivotal moments where you saw growth for your business? I think that I'm actually pretty good at being a researcher. So like I, I kind of have an obsessive personality and I can go down a rabbit hole and just I'll stay there. <laughs> so in the very beginning of, of starting the business, I would study shops, not, not fabric or quilt shops, but I would study shops that I just was enamored with and figure out what they were doing. Like, how are they marketing? What's their pictures look like? Um, just things like that. Just study, 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 and then, and then take what I need and apply it to my own business. And, um, that, that's really served me well. And I ended up doing that in almost every single thing I've ever tried is that research hole. Hmm. So what are some companies that you've studied that you oh, gosh, watched? It's been a long time. Um, but <laughs> It uh, seems like there was a, a, a shop on Etsy um, called uh, Sewn Natural or So Natural. But anyway, she was um, just from just from things like her description, her writing, her descriptions, her photographs, um, the way she presented herself, um, everything. Just study study somebody that you're impressed with, and and and, and take what you need from it. It's n- and not copy. But, you know, make it make it your own because yep. you're never going to be able to completely copy somebody. You're going to come through whatever you're trying. Exactly. Well, and it's smart to look at business principles. What works well? You know, like yeah. how is so and so branding? How, what does that mean? You know, and right. Yeah. I mean, I think at first, every artist, every business person, there's elements of copying as you're figuring out and getting your legs on the ground, but that it's not sustainable and it's not legal. Um, But figuring out what your look is and all of that, it takes some time and some, some playing, which is why I'm, I am curious back to the question of your look and like the colors that you love and all of that. So just to reiterate, that is something that took you some time to like play around with. Is that right? Yeah, I'm on, I get on Pinterest a lot when I need inspiration for decorating, food, whatever. So, and then I would have this board and I would, I called it Bohemian Homes, but it would be all of these homes and they all seem to have a certain color palette happening. 
and uh, they were all, you know, not too much. Like they had space. I don't know if you've noticed, but all of my quilts have space. Like my blocks mm-hmm. aren't always mushed together. There's always like place for a low volume to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so just things like that. Um, I just used those images and I kind of translated it into quilt. I love that. So did you ever, cre- yeah. Okay. So that was like your mood board per se. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, like a mood board. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, yeah, so in the show notes, we could put a little screenshot of your mood board and people could see some of that inspiration that you came up with, where it came from. Um, And then I guess if you kind of done this, but if there's anything else, if there's any creative um, entrepreneurs out there who are thinking of starting a business, what tip would you, what's like a number one tip you would share with them? Okay, don't expect to shoot to the top in just a few months you're going to have to dig in and, you know, put the time in. I'm sure that's tr- that happens for some very lucky people, but for the majority of us, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years and I'm only now getting a book. <laughs> right, so, right. Um, so, yeah, so just put the time in and be consistent, show up every day. And if you're in a creative business, you're probably not doing it for money. You're probably doing it because you love it. So just, you know, lean into that a little bit. Um, and then, also, maybe maybe be ready. So, like, you know, you never know when your star is going to start shining. So, already have your website. Already have your email list. Um, you know, already be posting every day on Instagram or whatever social media you use. I would say definitely do that. Yeah. And then I'm curious. This is just from one creative entrepreneur to another. Do you have ups and down days? Like I have days where I'm like, I love this. It's amazing. And other days where I'm like, why am I doing this? Do you, do you go through those? <laughs> do you mean like, like the job or the, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the job? Um, no, I don't think, well, I have days where I'm like, oh, I just want to lay on the sofa and Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I want to keep quilting. It, it may, may one day not be a job, but I, I want right, to right. quilt. Yeah. And then have you ever had a negative comment? Like I always, okay, there's a few people that I look at who are so sweet. You being one of them. So sweet. Everything you do is beautiful. I'm like, clearly she never has a frustrated customer. No one ever unlikes her. You know what I mean? Like, do you ever, do you ever have a negative experience? Yes. Okay. So you brought up my feet in the pictures. I've had people email me and tell me that my feet disgusted them. And I was like, what? Oh. Um, so wow. yeah, I, okay. I definitely had some negative things happen. And then, um, so that was the a main one that just was like, what is wrong with this person? It's feet. <laughs> Just, right. just unsubscribe. <laughs> that really bothers you, yeah. But, but, you know, with running the fabric shop, if if orders don't uh, arrive in time, if the post office mixes something up, especially a lot of international orders, sometimes they can take a month to get all the way down to Australia. And I'm so, so sorry, but there's nothing I can do. And people can get a little fussy about it. So just yeah. take, a deep, take a deep breath. But so, yeah, customer service, there's always something that's coming up. But have you ever, and you don't need to say what it is, but have you ever legitimately made a mistake and a customer got frustrated and you're just like, oh yeah, okay, I'm that was me. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, we make mistakes all the time. So Wade, Wade cuts the fabrics and he's not as good as remembering all their names. <laughs> <laughs> or or some of the fabrics will have the same name, just a smidgen different color. So, so he'll get mixed up and send the wrong thing. But I don't think I've ever ha- had anybody just 
lose it on me for something like that because I'm always like, you know what, keep that fabric. We'll send you this other piece out or I'll refund this or, you know, I'll try to make it right. But yeah, so far so good. Fingers crossed. Yep. Yep. Well, it's, I mean, it's nice to know as a creative entrepreneur when I see, I mean, even I do it. I'll look at other people. I'm like, no, they don't make a mistake. There's no way. Everyone loves them. They're perfect, which isn't realistic. But in my mind, everyone just loves you and you're so sweet. So to hear that for everyone, things can happen is a little validating. Like, okay, all right. I'm not alone. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like that personally. I um, Like when I put that fabric out yesterday, those prints, I was so nervous because I mean, I was just shaking nervous. I was excited, but, but nervous that people were going to be like, who do you think you are? Really? (laughs) Stuff like that. So yeah. Well, I, I need to go and like look more. So when will the fabric be available? Anytime I want, they can print in 10 days. So the the plan is to, to do some pre-selling. So I know how much to buy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then go from there. So, so I'm hoping for sure by end of September, but could be early September. Awesome. I'm so excited. Well, I want some fabric. Sign me up. I'm buying some. Are you going to sell like that quarter bundles or? Yeah. So I kind of, you know, I did, I, I made the bundle too big. So there's 25 pieces and in the shop, I know that 15 to 16 piece bundles just sell way better. They just do. So what we're going to do is I'm going to have a few of the whole thing because there's always going to be people who want the whole thing. And then um, I'm going to break it up where the bundle is low volumes and the more saturated prints. So have that option too. Very cool. And I do like your low volumes. That's interesting. I had never really thought now that you mention it, but yes, all of your quilts have that negative space where you can put some fun low volume prints in there. So that will work really well together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm obsessed with the volumes, scrappy backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Same. Like I said, our style. I I like to say our style's the same. <laughs> <laughs> I love your style, so I would. Thank you. Anyways. Yeah. So okay, to wrap it up, I have some rapid fire questions, and I'm mm. trying to get better at just asking and not inserting my own answer to these. So let's give this a go here. Okay. <laughs> All right. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? I would want to live in Isle of Skye, Scotland. Hmm. We went there in 2018, and I just fell in love with the landscapes, the people, the culture. Just I could live there. There's sheep wandering everywhere, you know, um, you know, not fenced in. I, I could be a sheep farmer and then make quilts. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we are soul sisters. Okay, what is your favorite quilt block? I would say my favorite is Bear Paw, but some days it might be Dresden or Sawtooth. Those three blocks I really, really love and and show up in a lot of my quilts. Uh, What is a book that you've read recently? I read constantly, so I read every single day. I'm currently reading This Tender Land, which is really good, but a book I just recently finished was um, The Forgotten Garden by Kate Morton. It's so good. It's mysterious. yeah, it's good. Although I like, de- list. I like depressing books, so fair <laughs> warning. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. You should make a list, though. It'd be fun to see all the books, you know, that you read. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Um, I'm a night owl that really wants to be a morning person, but it's never going to happen before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Okay, if you had one superpower, what would it be? Can I make up a superpower? Yeah. 
Okay, I don't like getting ready. I don't want to blow dry my hair. I hate all that. I want to snap my fingers and be photo ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, thank you, Melanie, for being on the podcast. You are just a gem, and I'm excited for people to see your new book that's coming out, see your fabric line, and just watch as your business continues to grow and grow. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, that was so much fun. Melanie, thank you for being a guest on the Crafty Career Podcast. Wow, I just had no idea that you had your own fabric line coming out, the book I knew about, but so many exciting things for you. I cannot wait to see as your business continues to grow. And thank you for just being so candid and sharing about your growth, how you started, what, what's been your biggest growth moments and takeaways. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Melanie. If you enjoyed this episode of the Craft to Career podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. I love hearing what things are resonating with you as listeners. And every week I like to read a review and give a shout out to people who leave a review. So go ahead, leave a review. If you're really loving this episode, take a screenshot and share about it on social media. Let people know what's being talked about. You can share about Melanie and her fabric and the things that you heard on this episode. So I will see you next week on the Craft to Career podcast. Until then, take care. Take care.